You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. So, well, hello there, stellar friends, and welcome back to the Being Stellar podcast. I've got another juicy topic for you to help you in your endeavors to create more freedom, wealth, and impact in your business to support your life. Today, I want to talk about a topic that comes up so often in my coaching. In my Being Seller Mastermind, there's a module that I actually have created because of this topic. The module is titled Selling from the Heart, a Feminine Guide to Sales Leadership. And this topic is key inside that module of my Being Seller program, and it is the topic of pleasing versus serving. So let's jump in because it's a really, really important topic. I so often speak to entrepreneurs who are either just starting their sales career or they've been in it for a while and they're struggling. And one of the common themes I hear is that I don't want to be salesy. And if you've been around here for a while, you'll know that I often say your desire to not be salesy is actually costing you money. Let me explain. It's costing you because you don't want to be salesy, so you're not taking the time to learn the skills you need to be an effective salesperson. And what happens when when you don't learn the skills to be an effective salesperson, which is, by the way, not the same as being salesy. When you don't take the time to learn the skills or what I call the language of sales leadership, then you will struggle with being salesy. And one of the reasons is this. We we use the word salesy um, to mean pushy, manipulative, um, overbearing, you're, uh, you're trying to force and convince. And of course, none of us want to be that. And I mean, our clients don't want that. Of course, nobody wants to be salesy, pushy, bossy, uh, convincing, manipulative. Who wants to be that? I get it. You don't want to be salesy. But in your effort to avoid being salesy, you can often fall into pleasing, which is almost as bad as being salesy. Let me tell you why. When you are in pleasing mode, it's about you. It's about you being liked. It's about you getting the outcome that you want and manipulating the client into making a decision that is going to get you either paid or get you the outcome that you want. Most of the time, it's actually not about getting paid. It's actually about being liked. We all want to be liked. I mean, it's natural that we want to be liked and have a sense of belonging. And sales can be a scary place for our brains, that part of our brain that is wired for connection. 
And we might feel like we're risking that connection when we may have a differing opinion from our clients or we think they don't like what we say, which means translates to death in the wilderness um, with a few steps in between of them firing you, you're not getting paid, you're losing your home, you're not having food to eat and then being left out in the wilderness to die. I know it doesn't make sense, but our brains go there. And so we slip into pleasing, as I said, which can be just as dangerous as being salesy. In fact, pleasing can come across as salesy because it's not disinterested, right? Serving, which we'll get to in a moment, is disinterested. It's about the highest, best good of your client and taking yourself out of the equation, which is a leadership skill. It's a sales skill is to take yourself out of the equation and be unattached from the outcome. Now, I know a lot of you are saying, but I want to be nice. And my question for you is, what is being nice costing you? And stop being nice. It is not your job to be nice, especially as Canadians. And many of my, I'm a Canadian and many of my followers here on the show are Canadians. We tend to be nice and polite, and that will impact your bottom line and your profits guaranteed. One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was from my mentor and team leader, Keith Roy. There's an earlier episode of him on the show. And when he asked me why I was afraid to talk to the client and tell them the truth. And I said, I just want to be nice. And he said, your job is not to be nice. Your job is to tell the truth. When we are pleasing, we're most of the time not telling the truth. So I want you to think about that. Where are you not telling the truth to your clients? And is this about you being nice? Because it's actually not doing them any favors, right? That is pleasing, not serving. So in a sales-based professions, we've got to learn how to serve. In fact, it's called service-based sales. I work with a lot of realtors, consultants, coaches, financial advisors, people who are in the service-based sales industries. And it's no mistake that it's called service-based sales. It's not pleasing-based sales. And so we want to get that cleaned up inside of you and inside of us so that we are in serving, not pleasing. The important distinction that needs to be made in order for you to truly be heart-centered with your sales is the distinction between pleasing and serving. Now, problems will arise when we are concerned with not being salesy and we slip into being pleasing because pleasing, as I said, is really about you and it will translate often into manipulative and therefore salesy experience for the clients. Another way that pleasing can be problematic for you as a service-based professional is that it means you don't set clear boundaries or agreements with your clients, which can mean they don't feel guided and supported, or they may not know how to respect your time. If you want to learn more about setting a clear agreements, you can check out that episode. I can't remember which episode it is, but you can check out that episode. We'll leave it in the show show notes below. Check out my, my episode on expectations versus agreements and see just how you can set better agreements with yourself and with your clients so you don't slip into pleasing. 
So let's make this real with some examples. One of my clients came on a coaching call recently and he was stressed out because he had tickets to a live show that evening and was working with some clients, some buyer clients, he was a realtor, who were thinking about making an offer on a property. He left it with them to think about whether or not they wanted to buy the, the home and, or make an offer and he just left it with them. He didn't make any clear agreements about when they would speak next uh, about whether or not they wanted to proceed with the offer. So he was left wondering if and when he was going to need to drop his plans and write an offer for these buyers, which meant he was sitting in the uncertainty of whether or not he could follow through on his plans and his commitment to attend this show with his wife. Now, this could have been easily taken care of if he had been in service mode, but because he was in pleasing mode, he was thinking, well, I can't ask them for a certain time for an answer because that would be about me. And so, and I don't want them to not like me because I'm asking for a, a timeline on this because I've got a show to go to. So he didn't ask. He was just kind of waiting to see. And I flipped that around for him because really it's in highest service to the clients if you give them a boundary or a fence around how much time they have to think about this. Now, I'm not saying you impose it upon them. You get an agreement. You say something like this. Okay, so take some time. You want some time. Hmm. So you say something like, so you say something like this. Okay, you need some time to think about it. I get it. It's a big decision. How about we speak at six o'clock tonight and then you can let me know what you want to do next. If you want to proceed with making an offer or if you want to continue looking for something else, how does that sound? And 90% of the time, the client clients will agree and say, yeah, that's great because it gives them a time limit too. I mean, if we have decision fatigue or decision fear, it's really hard to make a decision. But if you can get somebody to agree to a small thing and a small decision, like let's talk at six o'clock tonight to see how you're feeling about whether or not you want to do this. And they can make that agreement really easily because there's a low stakes agreement. It's a low stakes decision to meet with you at six o'clock to talk about whether or not they want to make this big stake decision. And so <clears throat> when my client shifted his perspective on that and, and started to see that actually it's a greater service to the client to give them some limitations on how long they can drag on this decision-making process, which is really important, especially in a, in a hot market as realtors, because you don't want your clients taking days and days and possibly missing out. So it's actually of higher service to your clients to give them a time frame again get their agreement on it you don't just impose it and that's the difference between pleasing and serving when you're pleasing it's about you and oh no i i'm gonna have to ask for something for myself and i really want to go to this show but mm, i guess that's about me so i can't do that um i think everybody can win when you're in service when you're in service to your clients Everybody wins because you're really clear about your boundaries and you're really guiding them. You're not making it about you. So another example that actually just happened this week, 
one of my clients again said to me, I don't want to be salesy. I don't know how to have this conversation with these particular clients. And it was a, a situation where the clients were selling a home. It was, I think it was a, an investment property and they were selling it and it was a tricky sale because there were other units in the building that had been in the market for a really long time, like 277 days, this other listing. And the building was not well maintained. They're anticipating a humongous special levy. And so chances of this unit selling were kind of sketchy because most buyers don't want to take on that kind of a risk. Well, what happened was that the realtor had an exclusive listing agreement with the sellers so that she could start shopping the, the, the property around. She could let people know she had this listing and <clears throat> she could start making efforts to market it. Well, because she had this exclusive listing agreement, she was able to tell other people in her office that this listing was coming up. And lo and behold, there was an agent in her office who had a buyer who was actually thinking about buying that other unit in the building, but they preferred my client's unit. It was a superior unit. And so they came, he came to her and said, I've got an offer. Let, let's do this. She took it to her clients and her clients were like, whoa, no, this is too fast. And wow, we're not even on the market yet. And somebody wants to buy our property. Wow. That means there's going to be other people who are going to want to buy a property. We're going to be able to be able to get more money out of it. And my client was, was concerned, like, how do I have this conversation? I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to try to convince them. I said, you don't have to. What your job is to do is to tell them the truth. When you're in service to the client, you can tell them the truth. When you're trying to please them and make them like you, then you're going to be less, you're going to be, you're going to be reluctant to tell the truth because you're going to be afraid that telling them the truth might tick them off. They might not like what they hear and that translates to they might not like me. What you really need to do to get yourself out of pleasing and into serving is separate the fact that your clients may not like what you tell them, but that does not equate to them not liking you. And sometimes it will, right? But that's another story and that's another way you may not want to deal with those kind of clients, right? Those are the types of clients that you start to fire because they're not going to take your advice. But most people, I would say in my career, 98% of people, 99 and a half, maybe even very few people were nasty about getting information they didn't want to hear. No, it was uncomfortable for me to give it to them and it was uncomfortable for them to receive it. But learning how to present it in a way that's really of service to the client is super important. And so my client and I worked through the languaging and the, the messaging that she could give her clients to let them know that just because we have this one offer in the context of this buyer was going to actually make an offer on the other unit until they found out yours was coming on the market and yours is superior. We have that. That's all we know. We all we know is we have one buyer who's interested in this property. We have no idea if that means other buyers will be interested. And what I had her do 
was set up this conversation with a request for permission to share her professional opinion about the circumstances. And in doing that, she was able to then go speak to her clients in a way that would be of highest service to them. Because really, it sounds like from her professional opinion, it really is in the best interest of these clients to take this offer or at least to deal with this offer because there's another property that has not sold for 277 days because of the sketchiness of this particular building. And there's a whole other story behind this that I won't get into here about why uh, this buyer wanted their property and not that one. But the conclusion that the sellers leapt to from this interest in their property before it came on the market was what my client had to deal with. And she didn't want to disappoint them by telling them, hey, look, this doesn't guarantee anything because they were excited, like, oh, maybe we'll get more. Maybe we'll get more. Right. People want always want to get more. And there's nothing wrong with that. But our job as sales professionals is is to be honest with them and tell them, look, we can definitely try that if you want to. It's your decision. It's your property. And my experience tells me that this is likely, given the circumstances, the best offer we're going to get. And the longer you delay selling this, the more likely it is that you're going to be on the hook for this massive special levy that's coming down the pipe. These buyers really want in this building and they don't care about a special levy coming up. That is not going to be true of most other buyers. So that's what she told them. And then I don't know what the outcome is because she went to tell them that and I haven't heard the the outcome. But the point is here is that she was moving out of pleasing, going, oh, I don't want to tell them something they don't like because they are excited about this, to what is of highest service to these clients. It is the truth. It's for them to know what they're dealing with so they can make an informed decision. Yep, they may not like the information. They may not even agree with it. The point is, as a service-based sales professional, I happen to be using realtors as examples because those are the two that came up this week. As a service-based sales professional, your job is to tell the truth. If your clients don't like it, that's their business to decide what they want to do with that. You've done your job when you've given them all the information they need to make a decision that is in their best interest. So you see, uh, in my agreements versus expectations podcast, or I think it's expectations versus agreements, I talk about boundaries because really agreements are boundaries. And in many ways, sales is no different than boundaries. Sales is actually about setting a lot of boundaries. And Brene Brown says about boundaries, she says, clear is kind. And I would say the same is true for sales. Clear is kind. Clear is of service to your clients. Pleasing is not. Pleasing is all about you. So stop it. (laughs) Okay. Now, you're going to have all kinds of opportunities to notice where you might be in pleasing mode versus serving mode. Oftentimes it's when you're, you're, you're crossing your own boundaries, you're letting your own boundaries lapse. In our day-to-day lives, we interact with different people all the time and we find ourselves in situations all the time where we have to decide between pleasing or serving others. 
And though these two may seem similar, they do have different, different implications. Pleasing is about helping people be happy or satisfied, even if it means compromising our own beliefs or values or not giving them the information they need to make an informed decision. When you're agreeing with what somebody else says, even though you know it's wrong, you know you're in pleasing mode. When you're doing something just to make them happy, even though it doesn't feel right for you, you're in pleasing mode. And while pleasing others may lead to short-term happiness for them and maybe some short-term relief for you, in the long run, it will lead to resentment, frustration, and disappointment. And if you're in a business where you're managing the expectations and you're supporting people through large financial decisions, it can lead to even bigger legal implications sometimes if you haven't given your clients the right information because you're so afraid of displeasing them. Now, on the other hand, serving involves doing things that benefit other people, even if it means sacrificing your own comfort and your own convenience. Now, don't for a second think that means that I want you running around like a chicken with your head cut off, dropping everything, dropping your show tickets just because a client wants you to be there for them. I'm not talking about that. I mean that comfort and convenience of you not having to say something that feels uncomfortable for you. The sooner you get better with being comfortable with the uncomfortable and being willing to talk about things that other sales professionals are not comfortable talking about, the sooner you will see your business take off. You will have clients trusting you, they'll be making decisions faster, and they will refer more people to you. You may have worked with a lot of people and you've wondered, well, I was so nice to them. Why haven't they referred business to me? They may not even know why, but there might be just a subtle something missing. And it's, uh, I could say it's a je ne sais quoi, but I know what it is. It is that element of trust that is established when you're in service versus when you're in pleasing. So serving others really requires us to put their needs first and to act with kindness and generosity. Serving others requires you to develop your skills to help them achieve their goals and solve their problems. You will get paid. If you're focusing on serving others and seeing how you can help them meet their goals and solve their problems, you don't have to worry about pleasing them to make, you, make sure that you have a profitable business. You will get a sense of fulfillment from that service. You'll have a sense of purpose and joy and your profits will increase. So take a good look at how you're showing up in your business, with your clients, with your colleagues, with team members, and in your life with your family, your friends, your kids, your spouse, whoever that is. Where are you in service and where are you in pleasing? And it's never a good idea to be unpleasing because it is, it's the most ungenerous thing to do, actually. Because when you're in pleasing, it's actually about you being liked. We have a three-year-old grandson right now, uh, which means my daughter has a three-year-old son. And if you've ever had a kid, and even if you just know a three-year-old, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's really tempting to please him when... 
He is demanding a bubbly. Yeah, my grandson is obsessed with bubbly. He just loves bubbly and wants it all the time. Uh, we were on the phone this morning at, I think it was like 10.30, and he's like finished his muffin that they had just baked some muffins, and he was finishing it up while we were on this FaceTime. And as soon as he finished his muffin, he turned to my daughter and said, I want bubbly. And her response was, it's too early for bubbly. You can have one after lunch. And of course, he started to have a little three-year-old moment where he was like fussing about it. And it would be really tempting because there's moments like that all the way through the day when you're managing a three-year-old or a toddler where they're pushing for it. They're asking for it. They want it. They don't understand why they can't have it. And my daughter knows that it's actually in highest service to him to say no and not to give in. Now, that's not to say she sometimes just goes, fine, have the bubbly. I'm just not going to die on this mountain today. But most of the time she's consistent. And it's really in highest service to those we love and those we serve when we are in service rather than in pleasing. So take a look at where you're serving. Take a look at where you're pleasing. And so looking at where you're in pleasing mode and stopping that is going to require you to have a look at what are the beliefs behind the action of pleasing? Like, What do you believe is going to happen to you if you're not in pleasing? What do you believe about yourself and about other people that's causing you to act that way? Because when you have a belief that is driving you you can't, it's hard to stop the behavior without addressing that belief. So often it has to do with fear. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you're in pleasing, it's likely that you're afraid of being disconnected. You're afraid of being rejected. And that desire to not be rejected and that desire to stay connected and, and let's face it, to make sure you get paid as a service professional. If that's what's driving your pleasing, it's going to have the opposite effect. I have another client recently who was in full-on pleasing mode with one of her clients and it completely backfired and she got fired. And I really, really sincerely believe that if she hadn't been in this pleasing mode, that relationship would have gone extremely differently and she would probably still be working with that client. She would feel more fulfilled. She would feel safer in her boundaries. And it's a learning, right? That's what we do. That's what I do inside my Being Stellar Mastermind, which is a business mentorship program for women in service-based sales. And we work on clearing the mindset stuff that gets in the way of you really being of fullest service. We get to the heart of the beliefs that are holding you back we dig into the language and messaging that you can use to be in service. And we literally script for your unique situations when those opportunities present themselves. Okay, so this is one of the things we do inside that program. And if you're interested in learning more about it, then you can reach out to me at through my website at www.stellarlifeproject.com. All right, so keep being stellar and get out there and be of service and watch your freedom, wealth, and impact grow. Until next time, bye for now. 